special announcement before the podcast starts. We're going to start up a fantasy league with you, the viewers and listeners. If you're interested in an interactive, all-year competitive fantasy football league with your hosts and contributors to this show, me, Matt, Gav, and Dylan, many more, if you want to come out and be a part of our league, message us at Bay Council on Twitter, B-A-Y Council, C-O-U-N-S-E-L. We're going to have a whole episode about fantasy football today. The best way to try it out and listen to our advice would be this draft. If you want to be with us, if you're not in a league yet, want to do another league, want a competitive league, come join. Message us on Twitter at Bay Council, and we'll get you in here. Draft is next Monday. You heard it, next Monday. So better messages before then. And I'll tell you one last time, at Bay Council on Twitter. Message us on there. And you will get a spot, guaranteed. Hello, everyone. This is Sports Council. And this is our 2020 Fantasy Football Draft Primer. I'm here with G today, and we are going to help you draft the perfect fantasy football roster. How's it going, G? We're going to give you guys their strategy, the players, and who to avoid and all of that. So make sure you listen up and get ready. Exactly. This is for all you beginners and even some experts out here. Um, gee, by the way, how many years of uh, fantasy football have you played? I think from what I can remember, this is my sixth season playing. Seriously, I've like was a little kid. I used to like watch the shows and stuff and then like draft guys and then completely forget about just like the drafts and stuff. But taking it seriously like six years now. Yeah, I think that's around how many years I've done it too. I've never really taken it seriously up until maybe like college, I'd say, but I've been in this for a while, and hopefully between you and I, we're going to get some of these picks right, all right? So get some people some championships. That's exactly. really what matters. We're all about giving back. Well, to start it off, if we need to draft, to get your best players, we're going to give you the perfect strategy. Um, personally, um, my strategy when going into drafts is to get a running back early. I know, Matt, you would agree. Um, the top-tier running backs are hard to find. And, you know, the ones that have that full workload, those running backs, maybe I would say like five or six that you completely rely on. And I think you have to grab one of those if you're in the early first round. You know, if you're in the late, you have to grab two of the second tier guys. But I would say if you can get, you know, the Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, um, Derek Henry, Kamara, Zeke, Dalvin Cook, I'd maybe throw in there. But, you know, one of those six guys, and I think you're really – off to a good start to your draft. Exactly. And, you know, the point you bring up about it being only a couple running backs have the entire um, kind of load share, right? Like you only have so many great um, main guys that's mm-hmm. going to get all the carries because at the um, back half of the kind of draft, you see that there's a lot of like split carries, you know, like Matt right. Breda and Jordan Howard or like and a lot of rookies coming into those situations, yeah, exactly, right? J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, mm-hmm. like Jonathan Swift, you know, it's, it's yeah, too many shared backfields. To, and, you know, what the guarantee is that each one of those guys at the top has had a league winning season. Yeah, exactly. So and the thing is, when everyone basically tries to draft the running back early, 
So if you don't, if you're not the guy who drafts a running back early, you're going to have a lot of time trying to find a starting running back mm-hmm. in like the third or fourth or fifth round. And I, and I think for a lot of people, it's, um, they think that if you look at the position, right, and um, you're like, okay, well, I don't know who to get. You know, in that general range, you can't really miss. And that's why it's so important. Those six running backs, I feel like you can't really like go wrong. Obviously, you know, McCaffrey is the best one. And maybe Dalvin's the worst one, but at the end of the day, all of them are gonna get a big workload, you know. And and the reason also reason is you gotta look at the rest of your roster, you know. Wide receivers, there's three starting wide receivers on most NFL teams. There's only one starting running back. So just in that sense itself, that should tell you the quantity and how how many good, like maybe the top ten guys, top eight guys, you know, those are like very few, you know, and most of them go in the first round. So you're not getting a second chance at them. Yep, and to add to that, you know, if you draft a running back in the first, draft another running back in the second, you double down mm-hmm. on that, and then you're yeah. already done with the running back position. That is, that, that's been my strategy. Um, you know, in one of my leagues, I was able to get um, Kamara and my four pick, and then on the second go back, I got Joe Mixon. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's an amazing start because now I know I got two of the top ten and every week, I know they can start for me, and I have no worries about it. it. doesn't matter who they're playing for the most part, you know. Maybe if you're playing like a Niners, you know, maybe you have worries still, I would play them, you know. These guys are going to get the numbers for you, right? And it's running back to the position. Like I said, there's only 32 in the league that start, and some of them, most of them are split backfields. So if you're going to try to get to the top 10 in one position, you're locked up in running backs, and you're good to go. Exactly. You want to set and forget as many kind of players as you have. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to draft the starters, and then, you know, those guys are going to be in there all year. They're starters. Not, you know, you're, there's not going to be a situation where you're taking Kamara out. You're yeah. taking Mixon, Drake, Chubb, any of those guys out. Mm-hmm. The thing is, now we want to, like, disclose this fact that, you know, you don't have to go running back, running back if you <laughs> see an opportunity to kind of get a guy, like, that's fallen way past his ADP, right? Right. You got a Michael Thomas there. Like, you take him if he's, like yeah. – Falling all the way there. I think that's the thing. You you want to have a strategy and what you want in like a team in mind, but don't stick too far. Like if you're at seven, you know, and those first six guys are taken, best pick to take is Michael Thomas, right? There's not you can't you don't want to reach on one of the guys you can get in the second round. Exactly. So you know if that's what's left, you got to take it. You know, or if you're at eight nine and you know someone else drops to you and you're like, wow, this is a value I have to take, and then. You know, you got to do what you have to do, but that's depending on the draft. You know, these strategies are only something you should be thinking about. Yeah, don't get too caught up into the positions because would you rather have the number one wide receiver or would you rather have the seventh best running back? This is how you would go. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, like we said, the second tier running backs, that's what you kind of want to go for in the beginning of your second round. Um, You know, that's why I like the – the top six five spot maybe I think that's the best spot this year to draft at mm-hmm. um because you can get maybe a Henry or a Kamara and they're not far off from Christian McCaffrey you know I mean last year he was obviously Superman basically but that type of re- like production is gonna be hard to replicate replicate so if and you I want to like that again. yeah and I want to like add on to that with the question G like we know that Christian McCaffrey is pretty much like the surefire number one overall pick right there's probably like no more of a surefire pick than maybe like Le'Veon Bell a couple years ago right Mm -hmm. so but the thing is no number one overall 
pick has really repeated their value, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's very few back-to-back number one at the same position. So Um, you'll see maybe more quarterbacks do it, but for Mm -hmm. running backs and wide receivers, because there's so much else that can go on, you know, Um, you know, in the situations for Christian McCaffrey, even if he, you know, hopefully never gets hurt, but someone else on his team could get hurt leading to his, his workload getting messed up and stuff, you know, so you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. For the most part, you know, McCaffrey, Saquon, these are guys you're going to, you know, you can depend on because their teams depend on them, you know? Yeah. So, Basically, if let's say Saquon Barkley, right? He was number one overall pick last year, and Christian McCaffrey was third overall usually. So the question I pose to you is that if we were to just look at like the tier of running backs that we have right now, like our first tier, I guess the top six as we would kind of define it, who would you think would be the number one running back if it wasn't McCaffrey? Because it's usually around that kind of range. I would say. Um... Out of the top six, right? Uh-huh. I I like Josh Jacobs. Um, I think he's a really good one. Um, I think with him, you as a rookie, you've seen great production, and that's what you want to see. Um, I would give an example of Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, he didn't have as good as the season, but you see that the team is trying to work itself around that player, like Ezekiel in Dallas four years ago almost, and Josh Jacobs last year. You see they're just giving him the ball. And when he, he gets the ball, they were the best time. That's when the Raiders were the offense was the best, you know, for their season when Josh Jacobs was running it, you know. So I think this year they're going to look on to further it. And I've heard from many people that he's going to be more involved in the pass game, like a lot of, like, uh, like insiders and stuff. You see they talk about in training camp that Josh Jacobs is getting – more looks in the passing game. You don't know, you know, it might translate to 10, 15 extra catches, but you know, for for a guy like Josh Jacobs, that's enough to put him over that next tier. Exactly. I think mm. I would go in a different route. I think um, Alvin Kamara, I'd say, has the biggest potential to leap up to the number one slot in terms mm. of running backs, because I think in terms of PPR, you know, you want a running back that can also pass catch, right? And I think out of all those running backs that you see, maybe Dalvin Cook could pass catch. And, you know, obviously Christian McCaffrey. But Alvin Kamara, you know, the Saints love to uh, go to their running backs. And they love to do the screens. And they Obviously, Drew Brees is a great quarterback, so he's going to be able to get it out to Kamara more often. Kamara was hurt last year, and I believe mm-hmm. they diagnosed it as like an MCL tear, right? And he played through it for well, a lot of the year. He said after the season was over and got proper care during this off season. So you're going to see an impact of a healthier player versus an injured player, you know? Exactly. So I think that, and, you know, the fact that, you know, he didn't get a lot of touchdowns um, last season, but that mm-hmm. was a touchdown regression. I think and it's going to go back to the mean. I want, I want you guys to think about something when it comes to Kamara. His best seasons was with Mark Ingram. Mm-hmm. And now he has Latavius Murray. Right. And I think having him and Kamara both healthy, that's going to be very similar to what they had two or three years ago with Mark Ingram. You know, um, last year, that injury, I think, kind of set them a little back from doing what they were supposed to. But he said he's healthy now. And, you know, opportunity is there. He's not in yeah. Drew Brees, isn't overly far down the field. And Drew Brees is back, right? It's not Teddy Bridgewater there, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to look good for him. Um, I think Kamara is a great choice because he's up to like the four or five spot. You know, you don't have to get the number one spot. And then 
draft Kamara and then wait 19 picks till your next picks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the best part about Kamara is that, you know, you can get him later in the first. Exactly. And then you could still reap dividends, maybe even as like the number one running back in right. all of fantasy football. Yeah, it could be. Um, yeah. I think Kamara is a great pick. I want to move to more towards the second tier running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we talked about it earlier with who we should take in the second round, but, um, you know, out of the main group of guys, who are you liking out of it? I really love Nick Chubb. And there's pretty much one reason, and that's Kevin Stefanski. Actually, two reasons. First of all, he's a beast. Like, come on, right. let's be clear. He's, <laughs> like, he's just too good. Like, both years, you know, he was great in Georgia with Sony Michelle. And right. then he completely lit it up um, starting his rookie season with the Browns. And even with Kareem Hunt kind of looming over him, he's still been able to put up, like, I think. Let me ask you a question before you start. So you're yeah. you're not concerned about Kareem Hunt being there? Like, I'm not and then, super and, concerned about it. And then you don't think, what do you think about, you know, I think for a lot of running backs, the uh, that they have a good quarterback situation going, you know, Kamara and Breeze mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, what do you, what do you feel about Baker? You don't think Baker could have an impact on his, you know, potential? I guess like if you know if he starts playing poorly again, you know yeah. they're gonna know you're gonna look to run the ball more. That's true. That's true. I don't. I'm not concerned about Baker just because you know I don't think that they're as overhyped as they were last season. First of all, I think that Kevin Stefanski, you know the Brown's new head coach, what did he do in Minnesota, right? He ran the ball down your throat, right? That's how Dalvin Cook was able to have such a breakout season, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have Nick Chubb in there, I think that, first of all, the presence of Kareem Hunt is going to be reduced just because there's going to be so much more carries, right? That's the first thing. And I think Mm -hmm. the second thing is that they like using Kareem Hunt more as a pass-catching running back. Like a spot receiver, kind of. Exactly. So he's not going to take that many carries away from Chubb. Even mm-hmm. if he does, even if it's a split situation, you could see like Even that. if he takes 40 carries away from him, I think they could get, as a backfield, get 60 more carries because of Stefanski. Exactly. You know? Freddie Kitchens didn't know what he was doing last year and I think that was pretty evident from what you see as a team last year and all the noise that came out of Cleveland and what you hear from them now. I think that's a very clear um, case of, you know, the difference of a competent coach. Exactly. And the Browns sucked last season and they sucked the year before and Chubb was still able to be productive. So I think that yeah. it's still going to be able to like, they know he's a star back there, but it doesn't matter when you're that good. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think Nick Chubb is a great pick. Um, he has a lot of people who sleep on him a lot. So if you're maybe drafting the top six, you can probably end up getting Chubb back on your second round, second time coming back in the second round. Um, yeah. But I want to focus maybe if you're like at the eight nine pick, maybe if you're playing a twelve teamer, like a, if you're on the eleven twelve or something like that. Um, I would want to focus on you know if you get like a Michael Thomas or you get a Clyde Edwards-Helaire in your first round. Oh, in the yeah, second man. round, you can back that up with a pick like Mixon. I think mm-hmm. Mixon's a great pick this year because you see if you remember what he did. If you were, I don't know, many how many people were really watching the Bengals play last year, but you I know. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it, but yeah, if you happen to watch, you would know that Mixon worked with basically nothing last year, and he had no O-line help. They're still not the greatest at O-line, but now they're a threat in the passing game. They weren't a threat last year to pass the ball. They were dead last in a lot of the passing categories, and Mixon was still productive. 
Like, like think about that. They other teams knew they were going to give it to Mixon and give keep giving it to Mixon, and Mixon still got good carries, you know, mm-hmm. and good numbers. So if you think of it like that, you add a Burrow, you add um, Higgins, you get a healthy AJ Green, and uh, second year head coach now, you have to assume that Mixon is not only in a better situation, and for that reason, that reason alone, you can assume he's going to be in that. He could go up to the first tier running back easily for me. I think because of this production you could have what do you think about that I think that you know all these second tier running backs you know they people love them because they have the potential to become first tier guys and then that makes them even more surefire starters right I think in Mixon's case you know you had him as a second round pick or like most people were able to draft him in the second last year and then he disappointed I think in the first half of the season not really his fault the Bengals were awful I don't think they won a game for a very very long time yeah and then, so, and then there's also the fact that, you know, his O-line stunk, right? And then... It stunk. Yeah. A.J. Green wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So, like, the field wasn't open for him. So... Yeah, I mean, who was that quarterback after Andy Dalton? Finley? Exactly. No Is one that, even... I think it's Ryan Finley. I want to say. Think, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> horrible, bro. Like, but you wouldn't even... You, I'm not going to even get started about that situation at quarterback. But just think about that when you're, like, looking at these running backs, you know, like, um, I think for a lot of people, you got to look at what they did last year and what their situation is going into the next upcoming year. And I think a very similar player to Mixon is Kenny and Drake. Yeah. New situation last year, middle of the season, right? Gets traded to Arizona and goes absolutely berserk, right? And if he played for that for 16 games, he would have been on Christian McCaffrey's level. Obviously, that's easier said than done. Uh-huh. And I understand that. I'm not saying he's Christian McCaffrey. I'm just saying, like, if you looked at his numbers for those, like, last eight games, I think it was, it was ridiculous, you know? And he was winning people championships in fantasy football. If you had him in the playoffs, he probably won you the championship because he was going that berserks, you know? Um, and you look at a situation going to this year, there's the momentum from what you had last year, and now you're fully accustomed to the team, you know? Unlike a lot of rookie players, but they've never seen the situation. He's been in the situation for eight weeks almost, right? Mm-hmm. So he knows what to expect. Now you got DeAndre Hopkins out there that only opens the field up for you. Who knows how? Like, he's a beast. He's like, what, top three receiver? He's going to get double teamed. That's two people out of the box when you're running the ball now. And exactly. I think you're going to see open lanes, easy runs. And he was having those last year, you know? So expect a big year from, I think, Kenyon Drake. I just want to say um, I take credit for Kenyon Drake's rise because I drafted him when he was in Miami, and then when oh, I wow. cut him, um, he went to the Cardinals, and then he went off. So you can and thank. Did you me. get him back? Nope, I could not get him back. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's a sad story, man. Either way, you know, like I see Drake, like you see all these guys, and you see them in the second tier, and they're mostly guys that were able to pop off kind of as the end of the season comes. So they had like good vibes going at the end of the season. And now you kind of see them come back into it as the beginning of the uh, season. I think Drake is not David Johnson, right? David Johnson was slow. He was injured and mm-hmm. you know he just wasn't effective, but now, you know, you got Kyler Murray who's working. It's just a new look, you know, sometimes that's what you need. Yeah. And he's, they're going to be all accustomed to the system a lot more because it's the second year, right? 
right. Shanahan's system didn't really take off until a couple of years with the Niners. And now with the Cardinals, they're going to rebuild. They've been building up. They got Hopkins. They got Murray. Yeah. They got and they drafted the right tackle. I think it was in the early second round. So, and yeah. I mean, come on, you got another upgrade tackle. Your own line's getting better. I just, the only negative is, you know, then there was no COVID with all this COVID stuff. There's no training camp, like real mm-hmm. training camp. So it, obviously that's going to affect a younger team like the Cardinals, where there's a second-year coach that's who's true. still been around his system implemented. So that's why he's in the end of the second, early first. You know, that's what you got to think about. Like if he was, you know, if everything was great, he'd probably be in the middle of the first. But he, there's there's a little bit of negative, but you know, I think he's in the same categories of other guys we named. They're just for sure workhorse running backs. And, yeah. you know, getting that in the second round, you got two guys you can probably depend on for like 20 points a week, you know, at least. And that's a lot to say for a lot of people, you know. Yeah. Now let's go back and let's, let's not get too positive here, right? We can, we're hyping up all these guys, right? So in the second tier, or maybe just in all the running backs in general, who do you see as like the most risk averse? You don't want to kind of draft him. Um, I know people are going to look at me and say I'm crazy, but I seen Ezekiel Elliott's season last year. Wow. And it was a little scary because people are going to be like, well, he had 1,300 yards. He almost had like 250 carries, and his longest rush of the season was under 20 yards. Oh, man. That's just work. That's just fighting. That's just a good old line, man, getting you through two or three every every play. And obviously, Zeke's a beast. I understand that. He gets mm-hmm. the other two or three. He gets four or five yards of carry, bro. And, you know, that's about it. It ends there. And I know a lot of people are going to say because he held out from training camp, he didn't get the proper, what is it, like conditioning, and he wasn't ready. Sure. But, you know, it just when you, when you look like that at the end of the season and the middle of the season, you know, it doesn't sound a good look. And I, I, I know Zeke's a hard worker, and he's going to probably be really good this year. But you also got to think about they just got another receiver in the draft. Resigned Amari Cooper for $100 million. Dak Prescott's on a franchise, so he wants to pull out so he can get his money. Zeke already got paid. They lost Travis Frederick. I just – I see a lot of negatives in that situation wow. for Zeke, you know, if that's you think of it call. like that. You that know, that's a big call. That's a Hall of Fame center right there <laughs> that you just lost. And, you know, I think – I don't think, you know, the Cowboys team will, like, go poorly. I think they'll still be a, a competing team in the NFC East, but – I don't think Zeke will fall off too much either, but just expect if you see, you know, Zeke getting a little bit less carries, you know, only so many seasons you can get 250 touches, you know. At a certain point in your career, you're going to start getting less. Ask Todd Gurley about it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I did not see that one coming, to be honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. But I do have to agree that Zeke's carries, and I think he gets a lot of carries, and that's what entices people. And he doesn't really have a handcuff, right? Tony Pollard, he is the workhorse. Like He's the definition yeah. of it. Exactly, right? So you want to get that kind of guy, but at the same time, let's talk about like Jason Garrett loved to feed Zeke, feed him, him the ball a lot, right? Yeah, Mike McCarthy's pass happy, bro. Exactly. Seen it in Green Bay. Mike McCarthy leads last year, and Aaron Rodgers has career lows in passing yards. Mm-hmm. Or for a while, you know, um, it's just, it's just what the obvious is, you know, Dak Prescott had 4,900 yards last year and they still gave Zeke 250 carries, you know, like it just, it's, it's that type of numbers, either Dak Prescott's numbers are going to hurt or Zeke's numbers are going to hurt, you know, fantasy wise. But I think as 
you know, with the, all the positives for the passing game, McCarthy, Jason Witten retired again, or he left. You know, you got an yeah, actual young tight end out there in Jarwin. You yeah. have Gallup, Suicide Cooper, Mike McCarthy, all this stuff, you know. I think the passing game looks good. You lose your, you lose your center, and that's what you got to tell me that's going to help Zeke in his, this situation. I don't know. I'm just not the biggest fan of Zeke. I still think he's going to be a great player. He'll probably give you a little bit less value than expected, but you he'll win you a few weeks. Damn, you got me questioning my own strategy now, G. Did you were gonna draft Zeke? I mean, if he fell to me, maybe. I think that I think the positive for Zeke is like Cowboys fans will tell you is he's not in Cabo this year. He is in <laughs> Dallas, you know. So he might come back and be shredded. Like that could easily be a thing. He's a beast, and he's getting those long touchdowns, you know. But as of today, just something to be thought of, think about, you know. And I'm not telling you to not draft Zeke if you're at the sixth spot and he follows to you or something like Matt just said. If he follows to you, hell yeah, he's a for sure 200 carries. You know, There's, he's going to get at least like a thousand something yards. Yeah. Now, let's see. And I also, just one more thing to add Garrett's now the offensive coordinator in New York. So maybe that's why Saquon Barkley is rising up there. Yeah. And then. I think I'm going to go with the low-brand fruit here. I think I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. He is bound for a touchdown regression. Just, <laughs> I think that's all you need to say right there. because uh, That's 100% yeah, sure. That's pretty much it. Because I had Aaron Jones last year, and he was Amazing. an absolute steal. You know, He was my running back three, and then he's basically my running back one. The problem is he wasn't a running back one really at all. He scored like what? He was maybe the fourth best running back in terms of scoring. But at the same time, he was. No, I, I think he was. A little, I think he was a little bit higher than fourth. I think he was in top three. But top three. I in last year he finished in the top three. I think. Okay. But yeah, he 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 his touchdowns are coming down. You know, there's only so many touchdowns you can get again. Aaron Rodgers is not going to have 24 touchdowns again. So I assume his touch Aaron Jones touchdowns are going to go to Aaron Rodgers. What do you I think, think about it's that? also a share between you know Jamal Williams is still there. And for some reason, Lafleur he just loves to get rid of Aaron Jones for some reason. He just brings in Jamal Williams anytime he wants. And then if he wants now, to get rid yeah. of Aaron Jones, you can send him to Pittsburgh. Free Aaron Jones, they're... man. Free, free Aaron, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, bro. God. You can free Aaron Rodgers too, bro. Send him send him out too. Not I cannot tell you I cannot tell you how many times I was yelling at Lafleur because I had it both Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. I had the Aaron squared stack, right? And then it was How'd that just, work for you? It was not good. It was not good at all. Because it, it depended it only depended on basically only one of them would have a good week. <laughs> exactly. Except the one game in Kansas City where I think he Rogers threw a sixty yard, like it was a screen to Jones and he ran for sixty <laughs> yards. And that was the only time. Like and I got twelve points from like each of them or something like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, Okay, there it's we go. Late. That's yeah. kind of lit, bro. I'd be Gab with that more. I'd be Gab with that game. Nice. <laughs> yeah, shout out Gab, man. Shout out Gab, man. Um, like, and then you also see, you know, A.J. Dillon, right? They drafted a running back for some reason in the second round. And he's, he's a, looking he's, pretty good. He's, too. A big, yeah. he's a big man, bro. He's exactly. going to get touchdowns. You see I don't those know. training camp photos? Yeah. Yeah, bro. That man is going to get touchdowns. That's why they brought him in. Like, I just see, that's what I don't understand about the Packers is, like, touchdowns wasn't the problem when we running backs, you know? Like, yeah, touchdowns from your receiver was the problem, but that's a whole different video, bro. <laughs> or Why podcast. are you doing this, Lafleur? 
Jesus, man. Yeah, is, see, he's killing me. I think when you're a lot of the of people to players to avoid and players to go after with me and Matt here, you're noticing in this per situation is the biggest question. What is your situation? And is it getting better or is it getting worse? How does it look? You know, and you want to try to tend to draft the guys whose situations are trending in the positive, you know, um, that like you can have an upside, even in the second round, you know, you're not really drafting for upside, but you're drafting because you know, these guys are locks for your position, but players, other players can be drafted in that same range, but have, you know, RB one potential. I don't see where, what world Aaron Jones would be RB number one. He can, even if he got more touchdowns, it'd be the only way he would, you know, outwork a Mixon or a Chubb, in my opinion. So they just got fed. He just got fed. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to get fed like that, especially yeah. with AJ Dillon there. And, you know, situations can change at any time. This is the most frustrating, but also the most entertaining part about fantasy football is that everything is completely unpredictable. You know, Alvin Kamara, he could just absolutely he could like lose a lot of shares to latavius murray or yeah. for some reason his mcl is still not working right and then yeah, hopefully not but we're just predicting on what we can see um if something unpredictable happens which it most likely will you know that's the fantasy football like matt said mm-hmm. it happens and you know you go find the back up it, off man. the waiver wire and pick him up before anybody yeah, else does right. Oh, you know, man. Mixon, yeah. You know, Mixon, he went from, what, second-round pick to kind of basically bust, and now he's back to second-round pick again, you know? It just it, it just keeps rotating. You never know what's going to happen with these player values. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we're here to talk about it and try to tell you our best ideas so you guys can win. Um, I think another big position people have a lot of questions about is tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of you hear a lot of different opinions about tight end. You hear the draft early, you hear the draft late. There's always guys to steal. They just get one in like the eighth, middle, eighth, ninth round. You know, just an average, average running or tight end. And what do you think your favorite tight tight end strategy has been this year? Honestly, I'm more of the opinion that you always take tight end early because once you get that tight end early, it's a set and forget and, situation. And, wait. Yeah. Well, before you continue, I want to ask you, how early do you talk about? Um, would you go early enough to take Kittle or Kelsey in the second? Maybe the Kittle or Kelsey in the third? Would you do that? How early are you talking? So that price are... may be a little bit rich for me. I think, uh-huh. you know, the earliest I would take, I would consider maybe, is basically at their ADP, their like draft value, which is usually around the third, I think, from what I've seen. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think I would have done that because, you okay. know, you get two running backs and then you get a tight end. I like the wide receiver depth, but at the same time, um, it's a little too high. It's just a little too mm-hmm. high. Okay. Well, I, um, I would kind of – I asked that question because that's kind of the strategy I did for one of my drafts. Um, I went two running backs and a tight end mm-hmm. to start off my, my draft. Um, I thought the receiver position this year, more than any, has so many good receivers. And you can get receivers in the fourth, fifth round, like Odell Beckham. Like, wow, he's going that far. Odell's going down to the fourth. Like, Ken, you know, Kenny Galladay is in the mid third. You mm-hmm. can get like um, T.Y. Hilton, who's going to have Philip Rivers, the gunslinger who just keeps throwing pass after pass. You know, you got Devontae Parker, guys that are going to be number one receivers. You know, they're not the biggest names. You know, they're not DeAndre Hopkins names, but you get two running backs. You got a tight end. I would go for Kelsey. I think Kelsey is a 
started off last year a little slow. So I don't think you're going to see that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got his contract. So he's going to, I think, play really good. Um, also, you know, Kittle, they're basically receivers. They put up receiver numbers. So you're not really drafting a tight end. You're drafting a third receiver starter, in exactly. my opinion, with those type of guys. And, you know, if you don't like playing that second-round pick or early third-round pick to get those tight ends, um, I would really recommend Darren Waller. I feel mm-hmm. like okay. he had a great year last year, and I think he proved a lot of people that he deserves to be the starter, and he's the guy there in the receiving options. Um, he played really good for the Raiders last year as a rookie. He's a rookie, right? Or was he a second year? I think he might be like a little bit older than we thought. I'm pretty really? sure he was with the Ravens back as a wide receiver, and then he converted. Oh, yeah, he had the whole – he was on crack, wasn't he? <laughs> I don't know I exactly. Remember, I remember struck. watching I that in Hard Knocks, bro. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember. Shout yeah. out Hard Knocks. That's what I heard about Darren Waller. Okay. But, um, yeah, he's going to be a beast. He gets so many receptions. He gets he gets not eight receptions for a tight end. That's a lot. You know, you're not really expecting your tight ends to get that many. You're kind of getting tight ends on touchdown production. Because they're bigger bodies, they usually get more tight or touchdowns. Something like uh, was it Ebron two years ago? You yeah, know, he man. just got oh. like four, 13, 14 touchdowns. Ebron, that made him yeah. fantasy relevant, you know. And that's kind of what you expect for a lot of these guys. But I feel like with Waller, Kelsey, Kittle, you know, I'm not a bigger big believer in Mark Andrews, but mm, with those okay. couple guys, you know, you can basically call them receivers and they will put up receiver numbers. Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I'm going to go the opposite way. I think Waller um, is a fade option for me because I'm just worried about, you know, Ruggs is going to be involved in the offense now. And we've got, I'm hearing a lot of talk about Brian Edwards basically coming in as the other guy for Tyrell, right? He's going to step up in terms of Tyrell's injury. And then they also kind of want to involve Josh Jacobs in that offense. I'm not saying Waller is a surefire, like, bust but I think at the same time I would draft him again around his ADP and I think the problem with tight ends is that once you don't get those top three tight ends right it pretty much it's like it's a wasteland right you gotta just like okay time to go to the seventh or eighth right and it's like I think yeah I think I think if you miss them at the third fourth if you miss Ertz Andrews and Waller is there anybody else maybe I wouldn't even take Gronk I'm not the biggest What what do you think about Evan Ingram because a lot of talk I is think on. He's part of the wasteland scrapyard, oh, whatever okay. you want to call it. Him, Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, I don't know, Hayden Hurst, mm-hmm. Ebron, Noah Fant. Dude, just take your scraps when you want them, bro. They'll be there. Yeah, you just got to – Yeah, they'll be there in the eighth. They'll be there in the ninth. There's someone that's going to have a good year. It's really for tight ends. Someone's going to be tight end number five, right? Someone's going to be tight end number six. They're going to have – someone's going to have 12, 13 touchdowns for the team. Um, it's kind of hard to predict but because you can't really predict a workload for a tight end. They're mostly complement pieces, in my opinion, yeah. other than, you know, Kittle, Kelsey, those guys. Those are obviously – they're built around the offense. You know, someone like um, – for example, I use Hunter Henry. He, you know, he'll get his touches, but they can win week. They can win games and win weeks without him getting, you know, a lot of touches and a lot of yards. But, you know, I just – it's kind of hard to predict who who you like out of that group down there. I think in terms – you know, you got to think about target share, right? You got to mm-hmm. see how many targets are out there. 
and whether they're the first, second, third, fifth option, right? With guys like Hooper, right? Austin Hooper, he went from Atlanta to now Cleveland. First of all, you know, that Hooper is my main fade option right now because I think, first of all, you know, he's overhyped just because, you know, he had a breakout season in Atlanta. And then he got mm-hmm. paid as the highest paid tight end, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was ridiculous. Beat out Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And, and then, especially like, yeah. for the Browns to do that. Yeah. Well, it's a classic Browns move. But yeah, classic. He's going to have his 600 yards next year. <laughs> I mean, six, what do you get, like 13 million or something? Yeah, something like that. And wait, Njoku's still there too, right? Njoku's still there. Kareem Hunt. Maybe gave up on him. He's like the fifth option, bro. You see, that's exactly. the thing. There's, I would go maybe, if I had to choose, maybe Evan Ingram. Uh-huh. I like Evan Ingram. I know you brought him up earlier, but I think Evan Ingram's, uh, what, number two or three, maybe, option on his, on his team after Saquon Barkley. Like, I don't know if any of his receivers are much better receiving options than Evan Ingram. What worries me, yeah, is that they don't have any talent. So then, like, I just don't I, – I like Evan Ingram as, like, he's the number one tight end for sure, and he's probably going to get targets because he's, right. like, close to the best option. But at the same time, he might just not be very good, right? And then, like, mm-hmm. you get into that situation where, okay, you you might be the best option there, but you don't – you're not very good. Okay. Right? Well, let me, let, me give you, let me give you a start, bench, and cut for the rest okay. of the season if you have the option. Higby – Henry, and who's the guy's name? Which one? Who were we just talking about right before? Uh, Ingram. 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 Ingram, Henry, Higby, start bench and cut. You, that's like, see, this is exactly what we're talking about, tight end wasteland right here. Yeah. This is classic tight end wasteland. You know, one of these three is going to have a shit season. One of them is going to have a decent season. And one of them will have a good season. And that's, it's going to be hard to predict this situation you said so what Higby, do you got you said higby ingram and which one hunter henry hunter uh hunter henry okay ingram start ingram bench henry cut higby i would I'm, do i'm this, low on that yeah i would start ingram too but i would cut henry the thing is yeah with henry i like higby not, better he's, he's because beast, yeah. because i heard the rams are switching to a two receiver it's a 12 personnel, situation? right? 12 yeah. personnel is um, you get two, one running back, two tight ends on the field. The Rams mm-hmm. usually run 11 yeah. personnel, which is which one is running three, back and yeah. three wide receivers. With the loss of Brandon Cooks, mm-hmm. they traded him away in this offseason and no clear replacement now. I think they have Reynolds as the third, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He's not a third. He's not a slot receiver. He's not a number three receiver on any team. So he's not going to be out there. So they switched to, like Matt said, a 12 personnel. Um, you'll see Higby and who's the other guy out there? Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett. Um, Everett could be a deep sleeper if one of you guys, if you're playing two tight end leagues, but for the most part, Higby will be the number one tight end. Um, I think in the last year, you just kind of seen them towards the end of the season. I think was Cup got hurt, mm-hmm. or was it Woods that got hurt? When one of them got hurt, they started running that 12-man personnel, and it was kind of working for them. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, two years ago Rams offense, but it was a good was Ram offense. And Higby and Everett were getting a lot of touches and catches and a lot of play action because that's about all Jared Goff can do. Um, you know, in a lot of play action, you're going to dump off to your tight end when, you know, the outlets or the corners and stuff aren't open with Cup and Woods. So you'll see Higby, in my opinion, do more than Hunter Henry, who has Tyrod at quarterback and – 
I'm not the biggest on tie rod. No. I chose golf more. For me, it's just coming down to golf or tie rod, and I'm taking golf. You know, it's not a very good pick either there between the two, but what do you think? I'm – what I think is that Higby, right, I love Higby, and, you know, I had him at the end of the season. He helped me get into the playoffs and then um, compete very well, I guess, in them. But at the same time, you got to worry because I think that, you know, rankings, we have them. Again, it's based off of last season and Higby shined at the end of last season. And that's why maybe he's getting a more favorable draft position here. But what worries me about Higby is two things. One, you know, you don't, um, all the games that he performed well in, right? We're going to see worst tight end defenses in the league, right? They got the yeah. Cardinals twice, the Seahawks once, Cowboys, and then they got the Niners, but the Niners but, lost part that uh, game. So he wasn't yeah, covered. That's true, but they, most of those teams you need are in their division games. They're going to see the Cardinals twice again. They have Isaiah Simmons. They're probably going to end up guarding Simmons exactly. or Higby. So I don't know if I like that anymore. But, yeah. You know, and then and like, then the Seahawks got Jamal Adams, right? Yeah, okay. I'll take everything back. Don't, <laughs> don't go for Higby. <laughs> the thing, yeah. And then, like, the other thing is that um, you we get the two tight end sets, right? I think that that's what they're going to go for. Even though mm-hmm. I know McVay loves the 11-man personnel, which is two he wide receivers, so you might just be stubborn and just do it anyway. But the uh-huh. thing- you might see what you might see. Uh-huh. This is just a bold take by me. You might see them go out and draft or not draft, trade for another receiver if uh, one true. opportunity does come available. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see a maybe I, I'm not going to predict two, but you could see someone on the trade block or maybe not even see it coming. And they pick up the third receiver so they can go back to that three-man personnel if it doesn't work. But Rams love to gamble, man. I don't, I don't know what picks gamble. they have left, but they know. have no. They're just gonna start <laughs> trading the players they picked for for the trade. The exactly. Picks. Give them Aaron Donald. I bet that would work. Aaron Donald for I would I would say like maybe. Cordero Patterson. Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're messed up. It's right Rams in. Are, Rams are a joke though. Like, yeah. On to the next. Either way, like Higby, right? Like, I think what worries me about it is that, you know, with Everett, Everett out, right, he was able to go out and pass catch. But with Everett in, I don't know yeah. who's going to be the It's like the split running back. The, it's yeah, like a split running back. Thing. You don't know who's going to be out there. So, yeah, you that really want to go after it. Me. Yeah, they, especially, I, I think Matt brought up a good point. They might switch back to 11-man personnel. So, you mm-hmm. might see Everett more out there, but. You know, at this, uh, like we said in the beginning of the tight end section, this is just a scrapyard. Yeah. You can go pick up Noah Fan if you want. Austin Hooper probably still has some value. Blake Jarwin, someone we didn't talk about yet, but the Cowboys finally got rid of Jason Wooden again. Oh, you know, yes. yeah, I don't know what Jason Wooden's doing. He should just go back to the booth or something. Dude, he's a Raider now, man. Yeah. <laughs> Darren Waller, be afraid. Be afraid. Like Frank Gore taking Le'Veon Bell's touches. Um, don't draft Le'Veon Bell. If anybody's listening, don't <laughs> draft Le'Veon Bell, bro. You, you know what they just said about him coming out of training camp from uh-huh. um, the New York Jets? Yeah. They're saying that Le'Veon Bell is splitting carries with Frank Gore 60-40 this season. Man. I, I mean, I, I love so, Frank Gore. They said, they said, they said out of training camp, Frank Gore's looked better than Le'Veon Bell. I've heard that one, too. I don't know if that's, that's like, New York media is being like that sometimes, but it's like, yeah, it's not favorable. I, I think it's also because Gase, for some reason, can't commit to Bell. And then yeah, it's, just, it's not a good mix. Doing. Not a very good mix. Happened. You saw what happened with Drake and Gase um, 
for what a couple mm-hmm. years in Miami, and now out of Gates' yeah, sight, we might see something similar to Drake. We might see him get traded at the end of the season, and maybe on Bill does something useful for someone. But and when in New York, Le'Veon's a player to avoid. Le'Veon back to the Steelers. I would, I would not mind. I would not, not mind. mind at all. That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Also, I, I wish that happened. Mike Tomlin's. They've asked Mike Tomlin about it. You know, that's the crazy part. Uh-huh. In press conference, and he said if he's available, and you know everything looks good, you know we're always looking for looking for players to upgrade our positions. <laughs> I think it's always just it was always about the money. It's not a big deal. Like I think it was always about less the money. money in New York, anyways. I know that's it's a sad sad time for a running back. Yeah. Value. All right, well back to our um, fantasy football here. Um, uh, okay, back to like tight ends though. Like if we're just we're trashing all these tight ends here. Who do you see in the graveyard that's going to rise, basically? Who's going to be right. the Mark Andrews? Straight from the graveyard. <laughs> you won't even know who this is. I got Titans, Titans tight end, Johnny Smith. Oh, um, okay. Johnny Smith is, I would say, most comparable to David Njoku a couple years ago mm-hmm. because he's just an athlete, a big athlete. You know, Johnny Smith is like Njoku, you know. You remember, you know, Njoku can jump really high, I think is what it was. He's got it for a big tight end. I think Johnny Smith is kind of like the same, but he's like a very kind of Evan Ingram body, or he's like quick for a tight end, but still kind of big. Um, and now Delaney Walker, I think, is officially retired or has left or some shit. So mm-hmm. now he's not being benched for no reason. I think he could be that guy that, because he's really a receiver, a tight end, he could just hop into the, the, the second tier. I mean, I don't know if there's really a second tier, but kind of just a first year and a bunch of garbage after that exactly but he can kind of make it out the grave as we were saying earlier mm-hmm. um that's my pick i would usually get him as a tight end too if you got an extra couple spots on your bench you don't know who to get and you know you got kelsey or you got like darren waller and you just need another tight end for a bye week just hold on to johnny smith that's my guy that's what i'm going for something just, i recommend know. is by the way like you always get two tight ends now just as a top get a top tight end and maybe like um Look guy for that you like might a think guy who might have opportunity exactly. because if he becomes good, tight ends are great trade value. Because if you got one really good one and you got a project one, if he sucks, you try to get a different one, you know? Look mm-hmm. at the maybe an older guy, a veteran that's not going to be as good. And you can just have a reliable backup, you know? But, you know, it's fantasy football. And in these late rounds, you want to draft for potential and not value at the current day. Exactly. Because if you're looking at opportunity, obviously, John, who knows what John Smith's opportunity is with all those guys there. Um, but, you know, maybe he does something that has the coaches like, okay, we need to get this guy more touches. And then a couple of weeks later, it's finally when he has a good week and they build on that, you know. Um, it could happen. I mean, I'm not saying it's a great chance. That's why you're taking him in like the 12th, 13th round. But who do you got like that? I got, and maybe you already, I, I think you already didn't like him, but it's Hayden Hurst for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hayden I, mean, Hurst, I, I can see yeah. it. It just depends on what this, how it goes, but yeah. Why Let do you me like make him? my case. Let me make my case. So Baltimore, right, they got they got that three tight end set, right? They got Andrews, Hurst, and the guy I don't remember, right? So now they trade away Hurst to Atlanta. We saw what happened in Atlanta last time with Austin Hooper, right? He was getting a lot of touches, and he was getting a lot of touchdown targets, more importantly, right? So now you got Hurst. Hurst, I think, is 
pretty, um, you know, unproven, but at the same time, he doesn't get a lot of snaps um, in Baltimore. But I think he still has kind of the experience, and I think he can step into that number one tight end role. And mm. the opposite with Hooper, right? Hooper's going to go to a system where, you know, he had a lot of passing attempts. Therefore, he's going to get more targets, right? But now he's going to see less targets in Cleveland, right? First, he's going to get exponentially more targets just because, you know, he's in Atlanta. And, you know, I'm worried mostly, mostly about Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, right? So do you, do you expect Caden Hurst to have that Austin Hooper role for last year? What's that? Do you expect to have um, for Hayden Hurst to have the Austin Hooper role from last year for the Falcons? I see it as uh, Austin Hooper role, right? I think he's the number one tight end for sure. But at the same time, I don't see him. He's not as athletic as Hooper, right? So he's probably not going to be as, you know, capable of handling that role. But at the same time, I think he sees a lot more targets than he ever has in his life. And then he's a good guy to get if you want, like, touchdowns, right? I think they're going to target him a lot in the red zone. Because, first of all, they don't never target Julio for some reason. And then, secondly, you know, he's kind of a – he's the guy there, right? You can see Calvin Ridley there, but he's going to be at least the third option. I'd say he's the third option at worst. And, you know, Todd Gurley is breaking down. I don't really see Todd Gurley, like, doing that well in Atlanta, by the way. So, I don't think he's mm-hmm. going to take a lot of touchdowns away from him. So, I think it's mostly yeah, going to be think, either. Yeah. I think with touch, he's going to be a sort of tight end where he's going to be a lot of touchdown dependency, uh, similar to Kyle Rudolph of maybe like the last six years. Mm-hmm. He is relevant if he can get you a touchdown. And basically, you better pray at one yard line, they call play action and throw it to him instead of handing it off to Gurley or Dalvin Cook or whoever it is, right? Ezekiel Elliott. This is basically how these guys are going to get most of their points for you. Mm-hmm. We're not, pro- I mean, for the most part, we're not projecting these guys to get you. 800 yards and 11 touchdowns. We're expecting maybe 500 yards, 600 yards at most. Yeah. Maybe double-digit t- touchdowns and you'll be happy. But, you know, anything of the sort, you know, you get near maybe double digits, you know, for your tight end. I mean, that's as much as you can expect for drafting him so late, you know? I'm pretty sure, like, first of all, you know, you have Hurst, right? I think Hurst is going to get you um, – yeah, what you said before, right? He's not going to be the game winner. He's not going to be a number – like top five tight end. But I think when you go to that graveyard and you don't have a lot of options, you just got to get the guy who might get you the most points, right? You can have a safe floor, which could be a guy who gets a lot of targets, maybe like Ingram or like Higby or maybe uh, Hunter Henry. Or you could get a high ceiling and that's Hurst. And yeah, I mean, I think Hurst is the guy because you have a lot of pass attempts. A lot of Atlanta might not be very good, but they will pass the ball. They will get you so many points offensively okay i think with the with hurst i mean coming out of college obviously he was really good but they drafted him in another tight end in the same year right mm-hmm. i think it was nick boyle oh that's the guy. yeah yeah they drafted him and hurst together and then mark andrew was already there but mm-hmm. he was playing tight end two slash three and you know that's a very bad look for anybody but everybody knew he was talented you know and it made sense for the falcons to go and get him when you know Austin Hooper departed but I just my thing is like I think Austin Hooper that type of season is hard to replicate Mm -hmm. and Gurley's only value I think for the Falcons this year is going to be touchdowns because that's really what he did for the Rams that put him over the top that year he had what 22 touchdowns I think it was Mm -hmm. and 
you know, I think he could have like 17, 15, 16 touchdowns. Maybe, you know, I'm saying if this girl had a great season, he'd probably get like 15, 16 touchdowns. And those are going to be Hayden Hurst's touchdowns that he's going to be taking away, in my opinion. And I just don't know how much you're going to be giving it to him, you know, going down the field when you have Ridley and Jones. I don't know when you'd be like, let me, let me instead throw it to Hayden Hurst. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he's a household name right now, but I think right. that, you know, there's a lot of potential for him to kind of rise up to be that guy who's saying, oh, how the hell did he score just two touchdowns right now? How is he getting 15 points? And this right. is like two-yard touchdowns. And I think yeah. that he has the potential to have that, especially you in know, He's the type of guy that's going to maybe like one week when you need a few points to put you over the top of a guy. Oh, that sounds not okay. Over your matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, he could uh, he could get you a touchdown or two, like you said. And, you know, when you that week, in a sense, you know, he's not going to put up a 30 points as one of maybe the top five guys can. Yeah. But, I mean, you get what you, you ask for, you know. With these tight ends, you know, I would probably recommend taking one early and getting one of these type of guys in the later rounds, project tight ends, and, you know, just don't expect much. And when they get some, be happy for it. Exactly. It's a gamble at that point, right? So you just draft any of these guys, by the way, draft them in like maybe the third to last round. We don't want you to go. Once you you got all the guys you need and you got their backups and you got like a couple guys you can use the replacements, maybe you can get a defense or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you got like, okay, I just need to, and you've got two spots left. Let me get another quarterback. Let me get another tight end. Just get, you know, Hurst or Johnny Smith. Number of fans, I think, down there now. Mm-hmm. A little bit earlier, maybe, but you know, those guys all have a tremendous upside and a very low risk. Exactly. And you know, when you go to that late round draft pick, um, at that point, you know, what I'd like to do, or you know, what I'm going to do at least this season, is you try to get a more of a lottery ticket because you can have, you know, your backup running backs and wide receivers, and it's good to have some depth, but at the same time, go for the guy who you believe in, right? Go for the guy you've done your research on, you think he's going to break out that season, because if you don't, you're going to regret it when he actually does. And you could have had him in the 10th, but his ADP was like, oh, the 12th. Just go out and get the new guy. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you feel confident about a guy, if you're a fan of a guy, maybe he went to the college that you like, or maybe you liked him out of college and now you went to a bad situation and you just want to have him, go get him, you know? Like, I'm a Steelers fan, and I like getting Deontay Johnson in the 10th round. Like, why not, you know? <laughs> if you want to, like, I, I'm a little biased, you know? That's the whole part. You got to make this fun, you know? You don't want to play this, like, you're in the military and everything has to be very strict and uptight. No, yeah. you want to have fun with it. You're a Niner fan, you know, you want to take IU, take IU, you know, exactly. It's have fun with it, you know, maybe not, don't have too much fun with the early rounds. Yeah. Don't take Dante <laughs> Pettis in the fourth. Yeah. I did. Someone took the Niners defense in the third round. <laughs> they got to be on auto pick, right? No, oh. no. Auto drift, auto pick just drafts with the best person available is. My person was in the draft. Like, I know who that person is. This man. Uh, that's disgusting. Hey, Faith, but, you know, at the same time, I, Faith doesn't win you championships. I mean, the whole time <laughs> we've been talking about our draft strategies, we've told you, you know, tight ends, try to get them early, running backs, get them, try to get them early. You know, we can slightly touch on these quickly. The two positions we haven't really talked about, the big position, wide receiver and quarterback. For wide receivers, um, I, I want you guys to think about like I said earlier, I briefly mentioned it. Each, almost each team has two good receivers, if not three for some teams. And when I mean two receivers, they're going to get a lot of touches. And you can get them later in the draft. Like 
you can get Keenan Allen in the fourth, and he's the number one option who just gets almost a thousand yards every year for the last five years. So I mean, he people are gonna like sleep on some of these wide receivers, you know. Obviously, a household name like um, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio, Devontae Adams sound nice, and your team will look better with them. But if you can draft the positions that are harder earlier and then get a wide receiver later, like, you know, if you're getting Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett in the sixth round, Devontae Parker, Sutton, you know, and there's so many more guys you can get later. And in the same kind of situation with quarterback, because there's so many good quarterbacks in the league, fantasy-wise, you know, each brings their own value to their team. You can get these guys later. You know, they're not a rare, rare option, you know. You got guys like Diggs going in the eighth round as a number one receiver who's probably going to get like 1,100 yards. I have my misgivings with Diggs, but, you know, I'll talk about that later. Right. I'm just saying, I'm using examples and stuff. Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller, you know, these guys are at risk. But, you know, after you got your two running backs and tight end, what I usually do after those rounds is I draft three or four of these guys. I take the ones I like. You know, if I think Hollywood Brown's going to have a good season, I'll take him in the – in the seventh, and then I'll take maybe earlier where I'll take Devontae Parker, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, and now I got a few guys that I like. Go on to the next round and then draft another running back, you know, or quarterback. But you want to get three of those mid-tier wide receivers and hopefully one or two of them, you know, bounce up in it next year. You want to like what the running backs draft for potential. Exactly. What are you liking in those receivers? In terms of, like, receivers in the later rounds? Mm-hmm. Maybe after, like, the, you know, the big names. I'm going to go, and I don't think, I wouldn't recommend um, getting him maybe as your starting wide receiver, but I think a very, very deep sleeper that I want to say is Emmanuel Sanders. And I'm going to vouch for my boy here because, you know, he was a former Niner. He got help get us to the Super Bowl. A lot of respect there. But at the same time, look, he's been the number one wide receiver for maybe like five years, right, with Denver and then with us. And now he's going to go to the Saints. He's the number two option, obviously behind Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas yeah. has taken a huge amount of target shares, right? Breeze mm-hmm. has pretty much thrown him on every three-yard slam. So you, he, he's a valuable option just because, you know, he takes so many targets, and usually there's not a lot of guys behind him, right? Trey Quan Smith, I think, was his, the second-best wide receiver on that. Team. Yeah, right. Yeah, and now you got a proven veteran kind of guy mm-hmm. in Emmanuel Sanders, and now that's going to open up the field. And it's going to help Thomas, first of all, so I don't, I wouldn't fade Thomas too much just because of uh, Sanders' target share. I want you to time, guess what round Sanders went in my $50 league last yesterday. We just had a draft. I want to say – wait, how many teams? Ten teams. And mm. what round do you think he went in? Like um, 15. 16th. Very yeah, close. drafted a number two receiver who could easily yes. have 800 touchdowns – or 800 touchdowns. 800 yards and like six touchdowns. That's – that's some flex flex numbers right there. That's on on a bye week on any of my receivers. I can put him in and be confident. You know, I've done a get couple him. of blocks and he's never gotten drafted personally. He, sometimes he does. Yeah, he doesn't even get drafted. You know, get him in the 14th. Who else are you gonna be getting in the 14th round? You know, so I think that's a great name. I think you know those type of guys. That's why I, if I had Emmanuel in my starting lineup week one, I wouldn't be too mad and you got him in the 16th, you could fill out the rest of your whole team and get maybe a receiver early in the fourth or fifth and then wait a little bit, get him another one in the ninth or tenth and get a manual. I think you'll be fine. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And there's so many receivers that always break out. 
you know, if you were watching football and you're up to date with what's happening, you know, keep on. I what I do for my fantasy, um, like waiver wire pickup is I watch uh, Red Zone, and they tell you all the touchdowns. So you'll see guys having big games, and literally whoever scores the touchdowns on it. So if I see this blank receiver from this random ass team getting <laughs> two touchdowns, I'll be like, wow, I'll keep my eye on him. I'll pick him up, you know. And that's all really waiver wires are. And, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is going to be on the waiver wires for most of your league. So either draft him, him or just keep or just keep your eye out for him. When he's having good weeks, you come back here and then think of. Exactly. I mean, do you have any wide receivers that you think are kind of like sleeper value? Um, I'll give you – I'm a big bias guy, so I'm, I'm not going to give you my Steelers option. Okay. You know, I'm always going to say it. that. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a different option. I'm going to give you Jalen Rager from Ooh. Philadelphia Eagles. Uh-huh. He is a rookie receiver. I know that scares a lot of people. But I just see that Eagles team injury depleted every year. And I just see Jalen Rager has an opportunity to step in. If obviously he could stay healthy, there's something in that Philadelphia water that gets everybody hurt for that football team and basketball team. But they got to figure it out. And the offense last year was – almost terrible and they had other nothing but other than Carson Wentz so I think if your plan is to do that again that's going to be ugly you know they drafted Jalen Rager in the first round for this reason to get him and keep him out there but you know Alshon's hurt Nelson Aguilar is gone the running game is all right Zach Ertz is there but he's unreliable if he's a number one you know yep yep exactly Leaving a big opportunity for Rager to be good. Yeah, if he's the only option out there, right? Because I don't see a lot of what you got. Deshaun Jackson, who's old, and then you got. I don't know if Alshon Jeffrey's still there. I'm pretty sure he is, but I wouldn't worry too much about him at this point. So you know they drafted him in the first for a reason. They need weapons. They need a weapon outside. Jalen Rager is going to be that guy. So. You know, he's going to get see a lot of targets at least. Yeah. I mean, dude, you can't really ask for much much better from a guy getting drafted in, like, the 15th, you know. You just want upside with these late-round picks. Um, from picks maybe, like, 14 to whenever your draft ends, or maybe even earlier, maybe, like, 12th, I would say um, try to draft a, I don't know if many people know what this is called. They're called cuffs, handcuffs, mm-hmm. um, which means if the starter goes down or something happens to the starter, especially with the pandemic, you know, um, you want to have their backup ready. They're going to be instant production because the starters are – because they're good on the bench, but they just don't have opportunity, you know. Um, a few names, Alexander Madison for the Minnesota Vikings. If Cook gets hurt, Madison is a good running back who will just plug in, you know. Not maybe all the way the way – all the way um, Dalvin Cook could, but, you know, similar to what James Conner did for Le'Veon Bell, you're just going to be able to plug him in, and for a little bit he will be a very good running back. And you only draft these type of guys if you have the starter. Like if in the early, early first round you drafted Zeke, maybe in the 13th round go get Tony Pollard. So if Zeke gets hurt, you still got a guy that's going to get 80, 90 yards a game. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then I think another couple of handcuffs in mind, Latavius Mary for Kamara. Chase Edmonds for Kenny. If anybody gets Kenny and Drake, oh, yeah, Chase Edmonds good. is a great you know, running back. Like you saw Kenny and Drake, right? The only reason why I'm worried about Drake, by the way, He's shown up in a walking boot for these past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. That's worrisome for me. So, so yeah, true, true. If you get scared of the new type, like your guys are like, oh, I don't want – I drafted, you know, this guy so early, maybe even earlier than I wanted to. Just get their, their handcuffs and 
you know, in this later rounds, you know, a lot of people, you know, won't even look at these guys and be like, why would I want to get Madison? Why do I want the backup? You only want the backup if you got the starters. Like I had a guy in my league last year who drafted, or this year who drafted um, um, Cook and Drake, and he got uh, Madison and Edmonds in the 12th and 13th round. And now he knows whenever they get hurt, he has the next starter in, and they're going to be good. You know, these guys are good backups. So just make sure you get, if you're investing in a lot of these guys, that you get the right people around them. Exactly. And now, you know, let's talk about, we've talked about some of our sleepers, right? So who do you think, like, right now in your draft board, do you have any red flags in your draft board? Like players that you would not draft maybe at all. You'd probably need, like, maybe one or two rounds above the ADP right now in order to draft them. Who are those guys for you? Man, that's a hard one. Um, I'm looking at my draft from yesterday. Um, I'm not the biggest on a few guys, but someone that gives me a complete red flag. I mean, I talked about Le'Veon Bell earlier. Um, I'm not going to do it again, but he does give me a sort of a red flag. For a lot of these red flags, it's for me, it's what they're saying on the training camp. Don't only look at training camp as like they should be saying good things about you because it's practice. You shouldn't be messing up in practice, you know. You should have been practice, you're done already. Yeah, man. Um, I know a lot of people are really high on Will Fuller. I'm just mm. not particularly high on him. He's in the ninth round draft pick, but um, I just don't see the appeal when there's so many guys around you that are getting drafted for I think much better put players at their own position like you got Jarvis around him you have Boyd Diggs you got guys like that in the same in the, in the round next to Will Fuller so and Will only Fuller's only gonna play maybe like six seven games a year you know he's got the AJ Green <laughs> problem of not staying on the field you know and obviously if he's on the field he's good I'm not denying that but for me it's why aren't you on the field, you know, if you're so good? And if you can't be on the field, I'm not going to draft you. And exactly. we're not going to have someone that will be on the field. Even though he might not put up 16 points when he's on the field, I'd rather have 12 for 12 games than 16 for four. Your best ability is your availability, especially right, right. in fantasy football. I would go as far as to say do not draft anyone who you believe is injury prone. And I'm going to last off a couple names here. You got Will Fuller, obviously, but you got the Texans' second guy now, Brandon Cooks. Concussion James after concussion. James Conner, exactly. I had Conner, screwed me over. Mm-hmm. You got A.J. Green, another, uh, you know, consistent IR, all-IR team, right? So then you have those guys. You don't want to draft a guy who consistently gets injured. And if you, you're new to this, right, you might not know that they get injured often. But, you know, once you're a few years in, you know who those guys are, and you can identify them. Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering, like, okay, you guys named a few guys. There's got to be more than just a few guys. The best way to look at it is, you know, you know, do your research on these guys. Seeing the mock drafts, why people are dropping, and then kind of, like, understand, like, okay, I see that Todd Gurley's dropping. Why is that? You know, if you looked at his numbers, you wouldn't understand that he can't take a full workload anymore, you know? That's not something you can see through the numbers. So that's something you got to think about and be cautious about before. Um, I know on Yahoo's Fantasy Sports, each player, for me, me, the most first eight, nine rounds, they're all big names. So you can get like a little news update on them if you click it. 
before you draft him. And it kind of gives you the rundown of him most mm -hmm. recent times. I mean, it's always good to read stuff like that. you got a minute to draft and all the time before you pick. So make sure you're you know, looking at that and you're like, okay, you know, it says Le'Veon Bell is putting carry 60-40. That's a red flag if you're going to draft him in the fourth round. You yeah. don't want a 60-40 workload running back in the fourth round. You can get that in the seventh, you know. So exactly. look at type of stuff like that, you know. I was big on Le'Veon and I thought he was going to have a good year. And uh, I, did, I checked it before I drafted and I saved myself a hassle. Yep, you can do yourself a lot of uh... – groaning and moaning later if you just do some research right now and then maybe mm -hmm. you you'll save it. yourself a lot you'll be so mad at yourself when you draft marshawn lynch year after year and he's not playing eight games for you if you draft marshawn lynch right now i mean just not now but just, i'm saying like you know see. previous years he's, like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. he's like the big one i think a lot of people always drafted early and then you know eventually he got hurt from running too hard and stuff you know that reminds me of Chris Carson, too. Chris Carson, yeah, he's, he's a beast. We don't know about that hip field. injury, though. Like, yeah, that's what worries me. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, just count for it. I mean, we're not saying avoid these guys completely, but if they're um, at the regular ADP, we'd probably stay away from them. But mm -hmm. if they drop around or two, if anybody drops around or two, that doesn't change my opinion on anybody. It's value. Like I've, I've, I've said to avoid Zeke earlier, but if you came to me in the late first, I'm taking him in the heartbeat. You know, exactly. if I'm at the six, seven pick and Zeke's there, it's not even a question who I'm taking, you know. So it's always about where they're getting drafted, you know. At three, I could feel, I feel different about Zeke. But at seven, I feel great about him. And, you know, that, you, that's the thing you got to understand about fantasy football. You know, you got to understand that these guys are being, are being ranked based off how well they're going to do and how well their upside is and stuff. So you always want to think about that whenever you're making any type of pick. Yep, exactly. Do you know who my next spade is right here? Oh, man, I'm not ready for it. All right. First of all, I'm going to extend this maybe to the entire offense, and I don't think you're going to like it, but I don't like either Chris Godwin or Mike Evans right now at the current ADP, right? I think both of them are beasts at wide receiver. I even had Godwin. I traded for him last season, but I just don't see the – them living up to their um, ADP right now, and then you can get them in the second or maybe even the third if you're very lucky. But I don't think that either of them are really going to live up to a number one wide receiver. I agree with you, but um, I want to I want to give you the flip side. I know a lot of people are comparing Tom Brady's move to the the last big quarterback, like legend to move, which is Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people want to say Tom Brady's going to have a Peyton Manning like esque year, you know where his first year he had, what was it, 51 touchdowns, I think it was, right? Um, I don't know if that's going to happen again with Tom Brady. Obviously, he won't get 51, but people are saying he's going to have a good year, and it could happen. You know, if you're – these are just our opinions and what we think about what's going to happen. If you believe that the, the Buccaneers are going to be a great offense and that because they got so many weapons, Brady will be able to – you know, maybe throw for 4,500, 4,700 yards, then, you know, go after them. But I just – I'm with you there. I just don't see Tom Brady. I think he's a sort of a sleeper mm -hmm. because he's being drafted behind, like, so many guys, like, just, just regular guys. And that man has six rings, so he could turn it on, you know. But I just don't see the whole offense putting up James Winston numbers because James Winston was just throwing that shit last year. 
into anyone's hands. It's Mike Evans' hands, Chris Godwin's hands, just not O.J. Howard's and just not the, only his offense. It's to everybody on the defense, too. O.J. Howard, man. <laughs> That's the definition of tight end scrapyard. Damn. So much potential. Him and Njoku last year. A lot of hype. I think yeah, I think Godwin and Evans. I love I like them again. I like them, but I don't think that they're gonna put up those same numbers. And then Brady again, it's hard to compare him to Manning because I don't think he's ever really had well, maybe he has had a Manning kind of season, but I don't think that that's the case. Look, he's at least a couple of years older than Manning was when he first arrived in Denver. I don't know Mm -hmm. exactly how much, but there's obviously gonna be some kind of decline there. But I don't I see him passing a lot more in an Arian style offense, right? But at the same time, he was not Manning. He doesn't put up these huge numbers in the regular season, usually. He wins. He wins a lot more than Manning, but I don't think he needs to throw a lot to win these games. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I mean, like I said earlier, you know, for the 12th round, Brady's not bad. Mm -hmm. you got guys like Josh Allen, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, type of guys there, you know, I mean – would I rather have Brady than them? Yeah, most likely. I mean, Brady, like, he's just not a young guy, but he does have the – he's a – Brady has a high ceiling and a low floor, if that makes sense. He he could have an amazing amazing season next year, but he could also flop next year. And I mean, Brady's standards of flop would be 12th-round quarterback production. If this is what he ends up doing, if you're – Getting Brady in the 12th round, that means he's probably going to be pretty average. And Brady is not supposed to be an average quarterback. That's why you're kind of drafting him. It's just based off name and merit. Like, you know, Brady's not just Brady. He's not just Josh Allen. He's Tom Brady, man with six rings, you know. You're expecting him to put six ring type of numbers up. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, Peyton Manning, I think, was the outlier, his situation to Denver. But – in Tom Brady's case, he's not coming off an injury like Peyton was. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could happen, but yeah, I mean, 12th round, I would rather stay, I would go for Brady rather than the rest of the offense. And Godwin and Evans are going to fight each other for targets and then throw in there, trying to actually have a run game this year. And they have Gronk. I think there's a lot of people to feed and not enough passes Tom Brady's going to be throwing. Exactly. Not a lot of touchdowns. You're not going to get as many touchdowns or Gronk in there. Yeah, I agree with that. And one last thing, though. There's also rumors of uh, Mr. Scotty Miller being the number three wide receiver that Brady mm-hmm. really likes. And we know how Brady loves his slot receivers. Really short white slot receivers? Uh, I was going to, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Among I other mean, things. did you see the video? I think it was, yeah, I think it was Scotty Miller. He caught seven punts, like, he, he caught seven punts with like while holding every other ball. Like caught one, held it, caught two, and then held it three, four, five. And then he had six balls in his hands at once. Like his arms were all full and he caught a seventh one. It was, it was insane. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's Scotty Miller. Draft Scotty Miller. He's going he's gonna to outrank both of them. It's just going to be. And that would be some happen. Tom Brady shit to do. I mean, it happens in New England all the time. Chris Hogan that's was well. fantasy relevant. Jesus, just man. be um, just be, be wary of Tom Brady and his white guys. Tom Brady, fantasy football's mm-hmm. greatest question mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not a real life quarterback question mark. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
No, I mean, I think that's all for us today. Mm-hmm. I think we covered everything we wanted to tell you guys about early, mid, late round picks. You know, um, just have fun with it. Try to remember your strategy. Don't stick by it too much. And what we say is what we do. We don't really tell you to do it. You know, take what pieces you found interesting and right. If you think going running back is early and decision you want to go for, if it makes sense for you, do it. If you want Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins, you know, go do it. They can't go wrong with it. Just don't do anything too stupid. But anything else you want to say, Matt? Um, I mean, if you like the advice that we give, I think that the best thing you want to um, sell yourself on a decision, at least when I sell myself on a decision, is just look at the logic behind it. Look at the explanation. If you like the explanation, like if you think that Kamara is going to tear it up because he's no longer injured, then, you know, go ahead and do it based off of that argument. If you Mm -hmm. feel a different way, then you don't have to follow our opinions, right? We're just telling you one side of how we believe it's going to work, right? So I think Mm -hmm. it's all about your opinion. Don't buy too much into the rankings and what the experts say. Sometimes it's your call and sometimes, you know, your decision is what's going to win you the league. Mm -hmm. And then if you're a new player and you're unsure about something, I would just give you the advice of, um, be confident with what you pick. And if you don't know who to pick, I mean, the ADP is there for a reason. It's average draft position. And you can always go with whoever's the highest left. You know, don't don't think about, oh, I need to go get sixth wide receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs because it's the Chiefs. You know, don't do all that. Just, I mean, if you don't know them, if you don't know what is, you don't know any sleepers, you know, it's it, there'll be so many players you can pick off the waiver wire, make trades for and all of that that you won't even – remember your team at the beginning of the year and who you drafted (laughs) exactly and you know final thing have fun just be grateful that you know we're kind of maybe gonna have a fantasy football season Mm -hmm. and you know this is the greatest time of the year so yes it is we're happy you have football back so that's always a w yeah so we're gonna sign off here hope you guys draft soon and enjoy yep thank you have a good one